Hello, hello, and welcome to our first championship edition of the Pick and Play podcast. And obviously to break down sports, the second half of this gruesome twosome, or first half, depending on which side you want to look at. Leo, how you doing? <laughs> right on cue. That's so good. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. We're leaving it in. We're leaving it in. I love it. Okay, well, championship edition. Obviously, I'm the Laker fan here. I feel great. I'm kind of tired, honestly, because I stayed up late last night drinking some tequila, uh, enjoying a victory cigar, you know, doing my thing last night. I I was really excited. Um, So I, I feel great. I feel great. Did, did you stay up late last night watching all the coverage too, or, or did you yeah. go to bed? No, I watched the game. I was watching the Monday night game as well, so I was uh, I was flipping between them both. Uh, well, that's not true. I had them on two different TVs. Uh, but I, I really felt like that game went exactly how we talked in the morning Sunday. I said, that let the odds roll back to the other side. Um, once this does, this will be a blowout. It'll be handled. And it was. This game was never in doubt. Uh, the Lakers jump out to what was, I think it was 28 points at half, um, holding the Heat to 36 in the first half. It was over. Um, I'm not sure I've seen a more dominant display in a closeout game. Holding a team to 36 at the half is crazy shit. Uh, they follow up the third, holding them down to only 22. At this point, the Heat are dead and buried. Um, and, and the Lakers start to celebrate going into the fourth quarter. Um, let's start, though, real quick. At, at halftime, I poured my first celebration drink, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. That's, I was going to say, how early was it? Because I think that this game was realistically over in the second. Yeah, yeah. At halftime, when I saw the way it was going, you know, with the Lakers, you can normally tell, yep. you know, when, when they're flat or when they're here to play. Last night, they had that look in their eye. LeBron especially had that look in his eye. And so I knew at halftime, I, I poured my first tequila up right before the third quarter. And I, I got the party going all the way through the end of the game. So by the time they finished and they were hoisting up the trophy, I was already pretty gone. Yep, and and rightfully so. This was a bounce-back game for the Lakers bench more than anything. Caldwell Pope has 17. Danny Green has 11. Uh, Rajon Rondo, who really... Yes, Laker legend. Uh, Rondo went 8 for 11 from the field with 19 points. Uh, this was what we were talking about when we said this, the, the, you know, the odds are the, uh, the statistics are the statistics. And when you're so below average, at some point, you're going to have to bounce back. This was the bounce back. Um, it wasn't Danny Green's bounce back game who shot 4 for 10 from the field and uh, 3 for 7 from 3. Uh, but it didn't matter. The Lakers defense was really the story of this game. Uh, the Heat score 35 in the fourth quarter when the Lakers kind of just give it up. Um, but to, to really understand what they're facing, they're down almost, they're down 29 going into the fourth quarter, the Heat are. 29. Um, that it was a complete stomping from an offense. When, they, when, they, when the Lakers wanted a bucket, they got a bucket. When the Lakers wanted to stop the Heat, they stopped the Heat. This was a, a clinic in every way, from a coaching perspective, from an execution perspective. Uh, the Heat brought Drogic back, which, you know, huge props to him to playing because I bet he gets surgery in like two weeks, you know, or like a week to, to, to tighten everything up. Um, 
the Heat gave it their all. They just were really, really truthfully not going to be able to close this out. Um, the Lakers, when they needed to, could get points. LeBron James gets another triple-double, and he delivers on his promise to bring L.A. a championship. Yeah, you got to give LeBron credit. He finishes the series averaging almost 30. He finished at 29.8. 29.8 points per game, 11.8 rebounds per game, 8.5 assists per game, shooting 59% from the field and 41% from three. An absolute clinic from clinic. LeBron at age 35. That's how old he is. He's 35 right now. Yep. 35. It's unbelievable performance. But, hey, we got to give a quick shout-out to Frank Vogel. Yep. Because before this game six, he switches the lineup. He goes small. He put finally puts AD at the five. That yep. was like the Lakers' secret weapon, uh, their secret nuke code in the back pocket the whole season. He finally unleashes it, starts Alex Caruso. Caruso with a good game six. Yes. A very good game six. He made good contributions. That was exactly what they needed. Him and Rondo gave them the spark that they were missing in game five. Um, and that was really what powered the offense. The 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 floor was it was spaced for LeBron with AD at the five, and the Lakers offense was humming. Le- LeBron James, even though this game's never in question, ends up playing forty one minutes. I think I, I've all I've, we've been harping on this. I don't understand why star players rest. Uh, Jimmy Butler, after playing essentially the entire game the previous night, plays 44 minutes in this game. Adebayo plays 42. Um, LeBron plays 41 in a in a washing. I think this what we saw. You can't match up with the Lakers when your star players have to play against their star players. Um, you like you said flipping Davis to a five this is kind of what uh, we've been alluding to the Lakers had a second gear that they didn't have to really go reach until today so understand that we played through the entire season we played through the entire bubble we get through the entire playoffs and the Lakers don't need to go to their best configuration until game six so in, in my opinion this was a team that uh, had a little more. I think it should be terrifying if you're anyone else in, in the NBA. Um, this was a haphazard, thrown-together Lakers team. And there's no question about that. Uh, when your starting lineup uh, fields uh, Dwight Howard from game to game, uh, consistently relies on Danny Green to shoot the ball, um, and you have players like Alex Caruso getting starts, his defensive performance, which was fantastic aside, um, he, you, you go, hey, this is the team that we got to take advantage of. KCP's going to get real minutes. Rajon Rondo is going to be a linchpin for this team. And the Lakers walk through six games, close it out, and now get an offseason to reset. Um, and let's, let's take a look at the Lakers have a first-round pick this year they can trade. They should be, and I think my math right, there's only six teams that look like they'll have cap space available. Um, one of them being the Heat, actually. Uh, so you're going to have to get a little fancy with your books, but everyone is when only six teams are clear. You have a first-round draft pick, and when you really look at a layer down and you want to talk about what the Lakers can do, um, they have the mid-level exception, which everyone has. But if you're any team in the NBA, you're any vet who's going to side for that mid-level exception. You're going to the Lakers. So, Leo, what are you looking for in the offseason now? You've got, the, you've got two of the top five players in the NBA, maybe two of the top three, four, 
They have a championship. This is year two. You have you will lock AD up long term, and you have first round picks, draft draft capital, and cap space. Where's the ceiling? Do the Lakers have their first round pick this year? I thought they traded it in the Anthony Davis deal. No, they have pick number twenty eight. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Um, honestly, for the Lakers this offseason, I think the, the focus should be finding that third piece. And when I say third piece, I don't mean superstar. I don't mean, you know, a, you know, a star level player. But they, I think they still need that solid guard that can come in and do his job consistently. I, I would look at some if I'm them, I would look at someone like Drew Holiday. I would try to pull Drew Holiday from the Pelicans if I could. Uh, someone of, of that caliber who could defend the wings, who could shoot the three. I, I just think they need someone at the guard position who can show up consistently. That's what I would be looking for this offseason if I was them. Other than that, I, I wouldn't assume that we're going to have all the same veteran minimum guys that we had last year or th- this past season. So uh, I would like to see what veteran minimum guys are going to be on board for next season because you know that with LeBron teams that's normally how it goes yep uh he wants smart people that well he he likes smart people that know how he's going to prepare for games uh they don't always execute to that level um and as we look I need Laker legend Rajon Rondo back yeah I I I could see that happening I don't know where else he'd want to go it's a pretty cushy lifestyle to be in LA uh, and to be for the NBA's top team, who now tie the Boston Celtics for championships of all time. Um, uh, you know, as, as Rondo has won for each, uh, the Celtics and the Lakers, uh, you know, it would now, be... Those Celtics tiers got erased. He's just Laker legend. Laker Rajon legend. Rondo. Basketball legend. Rajon, history book legend. Cannot write the history of the NBA without Rajon Rondo legend. Um I think this is, I really think that, um, I, I've, I've texted you that I believe that this could be the start of a three-peat. I believe this is the worst Laker team that they are going to field in the LeBron James era going forward. Obviously, the, the team they fielded last year was worse. I think this is literally the floor. I know that may sound crazy, but if I told you that LeBron James and Anthony Davis won a ring with KCP, Danny Green, and Alex Caruso as the starters... You, you would literally go, okay, okay, so who, so Kuzma had a real good year and made the corner. And I go, no, he doesn't, he didn't really play. It wasn't really a factor. But Dwight Howard played, and except for in game six, Dwight Howard was a contributor. And you're like, no, hold on, the same Dwight Howard is a rookie? No, no, it's, it's Dwight Howard. And, we, and, you go, and we've got Marcus Morris, he's going to, Markeith Morris is going to be out there, he's going to be good. And you're like, what is happening? There's no way you won a championship with a team that fielded that crap behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But the scary thing for the rest of the NBA is how little a team actually has to produce behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis to be successful. A a game like last night where they basically turn it off towards the end and just kind of hover, they combine to almost both go for a triple double uh and that was a game that they didn't even really play hard through the fourth and the third uh once they put the game away so i I really think this is the beginning of what could be three ships in four years and in nba it's the it's the three peat that everyone hunts i don't see where anyone else is going to be able to match up against anthony davis 
The, the biggest problem I have when I look around the, the West and say, who's going to compete with them? Who is? Name another person. When, when the Lakers want to move Anthony Davis down to the five, which basically they turn around and go, Anthony, you know that's where you need to play. And he goes, yep, sure, got it, done. You know, And they do that. So they go against which team can even put up someone that can keep AD from just crushing you to oblivion. I don't think that there is a player in the NBA that can really guard AD on a consistent basis. So uh, by default, my answer would be nobody. Uh, you know, when, when AD, AD at the five, I mean, the only people that I could think might be able to, to contain him at least a little bit might be like a Joel Embiid, maybe a Giannis. You know, Giannis is probably athletic enough to keep up with him down there. But the list might end there. Well, my biggest my biggest point of contention against Giannis and Embiid is there's no one that's going to be that mentally soft that's going to deal with AD's physical traits well. It's just not going to happen. Right. Um, I that, and that's the thing. The Lakers hit this. The, the thing for me to look for is the Lakers hit their stride in Game Six. It was a bloodbath of a game for the Heat, and they did not have to pull that lever till game six and on top of that they pulled it with you know we are talking about going man rondo do you know how crazy that really sounds that's a crazy fucking thing to go oh rondo kcp had a good night man it's crazy i think if, if i was a laker fan i would be beside myself right now we got the ring that was promised lebron who was largely booed by the laker base when he joined the lakers after really you know if you if you become something great in the nba and you're not attached to the lakers or the celtics the the teams that rep or the the fans that represent the lakers and the celtics hate you with everything in their body and rightfully so you're not part of their their house oh my god oh i i know we're we're, we're recording here but uh i'm watching the tampa bay houston game and a tampa bay player just basically dove into uh, dove into the stands to make a catch. Holy shit, with runners on second and third. Whew, sorry, back on track. That was crazy play. Um, <laughs> I love it. It was crazy. I I mean, he's okay, but my God, he went head over heels into the, into the fucking stands. I think really when you're looking at the Lakers, they have a first-round pick, they have draft room, and everyone's going to want to go. Everyone already wanted to go to fucking L.A. Now they're actually going to get to go to L.A. The L.A.s are the champions of the world, and it's not going to the fucking Clippers, who are stuck with Paul George, who is getting worse. Paul George ain't going to get better. LeBron James, we don't know if he's going to get worse. We've not seen that. Michael Jordan had an MVP year at 35. Could actually be if these guys can run till 38. Um, it's remarkable what LeBron's done. This is also LeBron coming off of an injury, and he played forever. Um, Anthony Davis is 27. He's going to continue to get better. We see what, uh, you know, he's now under the full wing of LeBron. Um, this is a team to me that is terrifying if you're the West. There's a reason that Jimmy Butler, before it all began, said at some point you're going to have to play LeBron. And now the Los Angeles Lakers have their championship, a full caveat of uh, trade uh, trade options, picks, cap room at their disposal. They're on top of the world in a finals that they never really had to worry about. And here they come. The season is going to begin on December 1st. December 1st, free agency opens up. That's absolutely stunning. You know, I I feel like I'm riding a championship high right now. I've just been feeling good all day. I've been feeling warm and fuzzy. I want to read to you a few stats that I 
that I see on Twitter here that make me feel even more warm and fuzzy. These stats are coming from at HM Fagan uh, via Lakers PR. LeBron and AD are the first pair of teammates in NBA history to average 25 points per game while shooting 50% from the field in a single postseason. Uh, let's see, they're the fourth pair to do so behind Shaq and Kobe, Shaq and Penny, and Julius Irving, and uh, whoever Mr. Tony is. Uh, another stat for you, the duo becomes the first pair of teammates to finish first and second in postseason points since Kobe and Shaq in 2002. And this last stat is my personal favorite. The Los Angeles Lakers made 84 three-pointers in the NBA Finals, most by any team in a six-game series in NBA history, passing the previous record from the 2019 Golden State Warriors. Yep. And and that is all thanks Shooters. to yes, but that's all thanks to LeBron. It is. It's all thanks to LeBron. That Danny Green shot where he's wide open. That's not unusual. LeBron James gives you those shots. The pass to the pass. The and it's and they are shooters. You're right. Danny Green's fourth all time in three point in three point percentage. Um, but if <laughs> your shooters are Rondo, KCP, Caruso. I think it's kind of crazy. I think really it speaks again to the greatness of LeBron James. Um, give me NBA talented players. I will put them in positions to be successful. And all he's ever asked of people is to do, he's basically like a little bit of Bill Belichick. Just do your job. Just do your job. If I dish you the ball and you're wide open, make the shot. Take your time, make the shot. I think that's another thing that makes us terrifying. They can upgrade to better players. Almost to it. I wouldn't be shocked if they had a completely different lineup. They also have a, a Avery Bradley who did not make it to the bubble. Um, so they they have additional defense sitting back that didn't play for them. That's a, that's a little kind of lost thing. That remember the Lakers went to the bubble and people were like, oh Avery Bradley, they're the best perimeter defender they have. How are they going to recover from that? Turns out they're going to play the best defense any of us saw from any team in the finals, as well as like you said, shoot the three is better than anybody else ever has. Um, in the finals. So I think that's what you get with LeBron James. It is no coincidence now that LeBron goes to the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers, um, oh, LeBron goes to Miami. They win a championship within two years, right? That wasn't hard. That was a, that, they put together a team to win championships. He goes back to Cleveland, promises a ring. And that was coming off of a year where the uh, Cleveland uh, Cavaliers didn't win, didn't have a 500 record for four straight years. Okay, didn't break 500 since LeBron left. LeBron comes back two years later, championship. LeBron leaves the Cleveland. He says, Lakers, I'm bringing you a championship. Year one, he gets hurt. Year two, ring. This man has gone to three different cities and won. There's this tired rhetoric that, um, you, you know, LeBron holds teams hostage. We've all heard that and how stupid that fucking sounds now. Um, and how stupid anybody who perpetuated that point really is. Of course he holds you hostage. You know what he's you know what he's asking you to put in the bag? He kicks the door open and he goes, put the championship in the bag. And if your organization goes, LeBron, I'm not putting the championship in the bag, he goes, then then I'm leaving. And people go, always oh, tough to work with. What part of that's tough to work with? Hey, here's the deal. If I'm on your team, you win a ring. Oh, we're not doing that. That 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 is the equivalent <laughs> conversation you'd be having. You hold them hostage for what? What are you holding them hostage for? This is four rings now. He's not holding you hostage. 
He's holding you accountable. He's saying you're going to do whatever you can to win a ring. You remember last year when people were saying that the Lakers were trying to give up too much to get AD? Too much. Yeah. Too much is yeah, what no, they said. They, they ultimately made the right choice there. Too much. It's a crazy thing for me in sports when people talk about, oh, you're going to win, but at what cost? W- bitch, what the fuck you mean at what cost? What am I no, supposed to do if I'm not winning? Right. People. The, the, the trade is already a winner for the Lakers. We'll see if, oh. if the Pelicans end up with a W, but the Lakers already got their W. No. This is, this is, people went, oh, maybe this is a win-win trade. Some people thought that AD, the Lakers got fleeced, which is a crazy fucking stupid thing to say. But some people, this isn't, this cannot be a win-win. Like, I, I, I don't see it as a win-win. The, the Pelicans, with all those pieces you just gave them, didn't make the playoffs. They are going no, to... No, yeah, but it, I mean, to be fair, it's a long-term thing with New Orleans. We can't see... I mean, we're not going to see what they do with this trade until two, three years down the road. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll jump to conclusions for you. Um, New Orleans Pelicans have been in the NBA for how long? Uh, as the New Orleans Pelicans? Yes, yeah, before they uh, were... Um, maybe a decade? A decade, right. Um, what have they done in any way, shape, or form during that time? to make you feel like this trade's going to work out for them? Nothing, really. I Draft AD, I guess. Draft, yeah, they, you know, they draft AD, and where, where, where is he right now? Like, uh, so <laughs> did did any of, and you go, oh, you have Zion. I go, that's great. Zion wasn't really part of the plan for, you know, what you got from the Lakers. Okay, that's, that's, right. that's separate. Uh, when I look at it, you gave up a top five NBA player, and in return, Brandon Ingram might be one of those max guys, but there's normally two max guys on every team. So he's a top 50 player. I just, I think when when you begin to think about trading pieces and you want to talk about is it too much, the only time to really make that call is when you win. When, when, if a team wins a championship, you can go, yep, they won the trade. Or you can look at it and go, did the piece you give up win a championship? Because even if New Orleans goes on to be successful, they're still going to have to go through the Lakers every fucking year, and for the next three years, they're going to get they're going to get swaddled and thrown out by a Laker team that's going to swaddle and throw out everybody. So I, you know who I want to take a second to, to give a shout out to in this championship edition of the Pick and Play podcast. Go for I want to give a big shout out to the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> For the whole season, mm-hmm. on TV, on my phone, on social media, all I heard was about the big, bad Clippers and how, you know, ultimately, LeBron and AD might not be able to get it done against uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And, and where did that end up? With the Lakers holding up the trophy at the end. I tried to tell them at the beginning of the season, no, the Clippers aren't built like that. I tried to tell them at the halfway point of the season, hey, guys, the Clippers aren't built like that. I tried to tell them in the playoffs, guys, no. I'm trying to tell you the Clippers aren't built like that. And at the end, the Lakers are the ones holding up the trophy. I, I just needed to flex real quick because I, I was tired of hearing about the Clippers. And it's nice to see that, you know, Lil Bro is still Lil Bro. Yeah, it, some things won't change. You know, we go. I just ragged on the Pelicans, and now we can rag all over the Clippers because you now have no flexibility. 
understand that you don't have your first round picks forever. And when you do get your first round picks, they're all tied to OKC that OKC can flip their pick out with yours. So you will not have a good draft pick for the next five years. Paul George is not getting better. Kawhi Leonard, I don't really think is getting better. I think he's a top five player, and I, I think that that's good enough. I don't look at LeBron as a player who's getting better. LeBron's already the best player. At 35, he's probably just continued to be the best player. But AD in this whole thing, he's 27. He's going to get better. So when I look around the, the uh, that environment in L.A., I, I don't even know what you do if you're Balmer. Because now you have no flexibility. This is your team. This, this bark, no bite team full of chatty Cathy's and yappers. That's all you have. You got eliminated by the Nuggets, man. The Lakers aren't even something for you to can, like talk about. The Lakers got them out of there in five. That's it. A quick five. It's this isn't this isn't going to be. Um, this is not a rivalry. You have to beat every other team before you get a chance to beat LeBron, and you couldn't. You couldn't, and and, and of course you couldn't. You're not. You're you're. Kawhi's great. He's not LeBron. And Paul George, don't even insult Anthony Davis. You got no, with. they're not in the same conversation. Different, different tiers. If this Lakers team can put together a good free agency and attract free agents that want to come play for LeBron and Anthony Davis, I don't care who you put together. There ain't a team out there that's going to really compete unless the Mavericks can put another piece around Porzingis. Uh, not person, I guess, um, uh, Luca. Luca. Uh, I don't yeah. care that the Golden State Warriors are going to get back Clay and Curry and they'll have Draymond. That three does not scare me as much as Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I don't care that you can, uh, you, you've got uh, Wiggins. Wiggins is a nothing. And I don't care that you have a top pick to trade. You better go get a big man because I don't care what Curry and Clay can do. When, when when the Lakers go, okay, but we're going to play AD at the five, you're going to get out-rebounded all day, and you're going to get your fucking ass dunked on. You have no ability to match up with them whatsoever. But, That's what I liked about seeing AD last night. In that performance last night, you could see that he was kind of tired of hearing shit about his performance over the last couple games because he started playing bully ball. He, he, anytime he saw Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, if they were guarding him, he was getting a dunk. That was the kind of AD, and I think LeBron really set the tone. Yeah, you know when LeBron comes out there and he's putting his head down and getting to the rim and taking fouls and and ones, and you know when he's doing all those things, it rubs off on the rest of the team. And I think it rubbed off on AD the most because throughout the game, you kind of saw him with a little aggression that you hadn't seen in a few games. He's 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 backing people down into the lane and dunking on them instead of you know giving you the little floater or the little hook. He's, he's dunking everything, and he's yelling after the dunk, and I just love to see it. I, and I think LeBron really brought the best out of him. And I think an underrated part of having LeBron is the fact that I don't think that this offseason is going to be complacent for AD. No, I, you know, I think— Who knows what, what happens if, if he's the guy, you know, and winning the championship by himself. But with LeBron, I don't expect not one bit of complacency. I expect him to come back better next season. Yes, uh, the thing with AD is we did see him check out for random games. I wonder if that's just a thing. Um, we saw it in every single series. He just has a game where he's 
he doesn't flow right. He just doesn't flow. Um, and but but it's one game out of the series. The rest of the series, his mind's right, his body's right. And look, we talk about in the NBA, you're playing every other day. You just have a bad day. You ever wake up and have a bad day? It fucking happens. Imagine if you're playing on a world ch- stage. It can happen. AD had, I would say, one. Uh, subpar to his standard performance almost every series and followed that game up with consistently crushing the head of whoever was against him because he can he can just crush you if he wants to um we saw him uh kind of get beat a little down at the end of the game in um uh it, it you know the houston series there was the big pj tucker moment uh he came back and had some trouble with Jokic. Um, and then he, he really didn't have that that horrible night that uh, that he had previously. Uh, but Anthony Davis, when, that's thing at the top of his caliber, when he's playing at that level, that's the real thing when I look around the N- NBA and I say, who's going to beat him? No one has a big that can shoot like him. Uh, he shoots the ball as well as every other position. But yet he's he's a cloud giant. So right, there's nobody like him in the league. No, uh, and, you know, among people his size, he's the best scorer. He's the best defender. I'd say he's a better defender than Giannis is. Um, he's a better shooter than Giannis is. You know, when you get to the, those level of big men, I think he's easily the best. And I don't think that anyone is that close to him. I don't see where anyone can really catch them as long as there's not injuries. This was a walk in the park for the Lakers the entire way through. Understanding the ebbs and flows of basketball, this was still a dominating performance, and they have the most versatile assets out of everyone in the offseason besides Golden State to make themselves better. And I know Golden State was banged up, but they still were not a competitive team this year. In fact, that they were you know, the worst team in the NBA this year. So there are some people saying, oh, they could, you know, get some pieces together and put that forward. I don't know if you really, if, if your window might be gone and, and you're not going to be able to compete at the top. Uh, when I look at teams that may be able to come up out of nowhere, Milwaukee, I just haven't seen it now in the playoffs. And I don't believe that you can mentally get over a LeBron hurdle if you can't make it to the finals. Um, I don't see a star going to teams like Toronto or Boston or Indiana that puts them over the top. Miami being the biggest threat makes sense to me. I put no stock in KD and Kyrie combining uh, to do anything important in the playoffs. They've both had too many nagging injuries to their lower body for me to pencil them into any type of success. Um, They've also shown that they're tough to play with. Uh, so I don't see that gelling. And when I look around the landscape of the NBA, I think it's terrifying that the Lakers could be beginning, beginning another series of championship runs. <laughs> I, I, I want to read off a list of names for you. Go for it. Over the last 10 years, since the Lakers' last championship when I was 18, I think, 18 or 19, the last time they won a championship, 19. These are the players that I have irrationally talked myself into and hoping that the Lakers would be good. Some Andrew Gaudelock, Robert Sacre, some Julius Randle, some D'Angelo Russell, although Russell did end up being good, Ivica Zubas, Lonzo Ball, Maurice Wagner. Like, it, it was a rough, rough 10 years. And now the drought's over. And now I don't even care when the next championship is. We're sitting here talking about the Lakers could be at the beginning of a new dynasty. That would be great. I don't even care about that right now. I'm so happy. (laughs) Yeah. And look, it is funny. I'll I'll go ahead and uh, I'll throw a little dirt at you. It is so funny hearing uh, you talk about a drought as 10 years because that is not a sports drought by any stretch of the imagination. 
Um, I, I know that's how you feel as a Laker fan, as a fan of every team that's, you know, as a fan of other sports teams, 10 years is crazy uh, to be like, oh, right. what a drought. Well, I'm a Titans fan too, so, you know. Yeah, about, right. So yeah. you, you do, uh, you're also a Yankee fan, so you've had your fucking fun. You've had your fucking fun. Uh, no, I, don't, I don't claim the Yankees anymore. That oh, a, that's a bold move. That was move. a childhood thing. That I think was. Uh, I was a Derek Jeter fan is what I would say. Yeah. Uh, who was the other one? Um, Derek Jeter. Yeah, the guy's picture on your wall. God darn it. Um, ah. It wasn't Sheffield. It was uh, the other one that was with him. Bernie what? Williams. It might have been him. I'll remember it and text you because I remember. I remember it, it was the. It, it, to me, he was the. He wasn't the superstar of the team, but he was the guy that just rolled up his sleeves and got it done. But look for the Lakers. It is. You know, what is that? Sixteen championships or is that seventeen? That's seventeen. Seventeen. That's seventeen. There's some. Uh, there's some controversy right now over how many of those should count, uh, but officially 17 yeah when you guys were the uh minneapolis lakers which for everyone out there i don't give a damn about any of that right like when i I don't care it is funny uh i'm a i like the history of sports Uh, i just read a couple books on the history of the nfl um and under tracing tracing teams to where they were and uh why they have their name like you would you'd have there isn't if there's a single lake near LA, no one knows about it. Um, they were the Minneapolis Lakers, and that's why they got their fucking name because of the fucking Great Lakes and where they were. They moved to LA, and that's just their team. Along with the Utah Jazz, they were the New Orleans Jazz. You moved to Utah, and now you have a just weird fucking name. Um, so it, it's it's it is interesting that has been coming up. That's only being brought up by Celtics fans. You both know how that goes. Um, Celtics fans get at least the right to say that these are our championships, and they've been in no other city. I can tell you, as a Baltimore fan, when the uh, Colts left Baltimore, their championships went to Indianapolis, who did not have any players in the NFL and were not a team when the uh when the Colts won their Super Bowls but those Super Bowls went over with Indianapolis and I've never heard anyone in any way try to discredit Indianapolis's Super Bowls and when that's the case anyone who's discrediting the Lakers championships don't know shit about sports you don't read books you don't know that these teams have pretty much all fucking moved around since the beginning of fucking time. And wherever they were, if they picked up and left, guess who gets the championships? I only can think of one real case where they left the championships in that other city. And that's Baltimore fucking again. When the Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore and we knew exactly what it was like. The Browns sued to keep their team rights, their names, their colors, and their history. That's sports, guys. Pay attention to it. You know, uh, getting 11 rings from Bill Russell because uh, they have the only competitive team in the NBA for 20 years. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not count the one from the city. Uh, I think that's all dumb shit. Uh, you are tied in any record book and any yardstick with the Celtics for the most and when we look at I think the only reason why that's truly being brought up and and I'll close with this the reason why that's being brought up is they're seeing the same things I am and they have no ability to defend themselves against LeBron going forward 
If LeBron wins two more rings in L.A., the only thing they're going to be able to point to is go, well, you don't have as many as the Celtics because you weren't the L.A. Lakers. But they're gearing up for that now. That's why you're hearing that now, because they're tied. And they do not. They, they, they see their, their Celtics team who can't even make the finals. And they're watching LeBron win another one. And LeBron looks like he is perfectly settled in L.A. And the Lakers are going to win a couple more in the next three, four years. Maybe two more in the next two years. And, and they're defending their we have the most titles to the death with just that logic now because they have no inescapable basketball means to keep themselves competitive against LeBron, unfortunately. I'll be honest with you. I know that historically the Lakers and Celtics are rivals. Uh, but in my eyes and from what I've seen in my lifetime, in these almost 30 years I've been on this nice earth, I feel like the Celtics are kind of little bro too. You know, I've seen the Lakers now win six championships in my lifetime. I've seen the Celtics win one at the same time. Yep. I'm not impressed with that. I mean, shout out Larry Bird and shout out Bill Russell, but eh, I feel like the Celtics are little bro. The Celtics have been little bro. Boston is a uh, a little bro town. Um, that's their whole mantra. They're the and and they do it to themselves. Truthfully, uh, they act like everything they do. They act like. Uh, Everything they have is perfect, but they complained about the situation everything's in as if they can't change it. It's a weird it's a weird dynamic that Boston likes to do. It's an us versus them mentality. Uh, but they're like uh they're they're a lot I think that their 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 mental aspect is a lot like Philly. Um, they do a, they don't shit on they now they defend their own way better than Philly. Okay, the Philly abandoned its own post. Philly damn near hates their own sometimes. Philly hates, while Philly hates everything, Boston hates everything except Boston. And they put that love, they put that hate into love towards their teams. So they defend it. But the mindset of we're the little brother, we've got to beat everybody. Um, is perpetuated throughout the Celtics and, and Boston. So, I mean, they do it with the Patriots. Oh, they're counting us out again. No one's counting Tom Brady and Bill Belichick out. The only people doing that is somehow you people. And it's just, it's <laughs> right. the same fucking thing. So, they, you know, they are little bro right now. Um, it's been 30 years of little bro. They put together their big three, which disappointingly won one ring. Um, the Lakers have not yet put together a big three. So, uh, you wait till the big three comes to LA. It might be this offseason. Don't sleep on LeBron and AD adding a third piece somehow, some way, you know, trading out some expiring contracts. Uh, Kuzma's probably out of there. Um, don't be surprised if they make that move. I'm going to tell you this. If they make that move for a third guy, all of a sudden they got a stranglehold on the league. I don't think you need a third guy. I'm actually going to be a huge proponent to say with LeBron and AD. I don't think another person can. I, I don't think that dynamic will. Uh, I wouldn't look for a third guy. I would look for a three, four, five. I would go. How do I improve three, four, five? Because I really do believe that when you have LeBron and AD, you, you kind of can do anything you'd want. Oh, we need to rebound better. You don't. We need to have someone who distributes the ball better. You you don't. You know, the only thing that you could... No, you pop- shooters. That's the only That's thing it. on the list. Shooters. Right. And you know what? You don't have to spend all that capital to go get a one big shooter. They could go out and get three pretty good shooters. See what J.J. Reddick's doing. 
Uh, there are tons of shooters that they could just go get and not give up that capital and remain flexible. You know, uh, you get you can upgrade a little bit from Danny Green. And first off, if Danny Green was their fifth option on that team, and that's where I think they might try to get to. Danny Green needs to be the fifth shooting option. Right now, when they're shooting threes, he's like number one or two. It can't be. He's got to be further down. He's a great role player. But you could end up with a team of people who are two better players than Danny Green. And if you go in with that, you're going to kick the shit out of everyone. And that's the big thing. I don't think I don't think that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dish away from the, the they're going for a third. I think that was the hot thing LeBron did. I don't think you need it. No, I I don't think that they're gonna go out and get like a Bradley Beal or someone of, of that caliber. But I do think that they're gonna try and find a third option that they could rely on a little more consistently. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I think they're gonna upgrade around. Or I, I would I would be interested to see if they're gonna go and try to upgrade the entire roster. They're gonna go look. What we want to ring with this, who can we sell pieces to? You know, who just wants a championship? You know, we want a part of the championship team. Every there's all there's there's ten teams right now lining up to take KCP from you. Like that's just how it goes. He's a, he's a champion, you know, and you sell him to someone like a used car salesman. That's just the way it fucking rolls. So I don't see. Um, I see an incredible future for the Lakers. Congratulations on the ring. I cash my Lakers bet. Uh, we have them win in game six and have them win at 330. Uh, full disclosure, I did have a, a bet on the Clippers as well when they were 13 to one. Um, but it, it, when I see good odds, I, I take good odds. Um, Lake, I had Lakers and Clippers, two LA teams running it down to the death. I cash in on my championship. I cash in on the Lakers winning in six. I'm having a great time with it, just like you are. Um, and now we turn our full attention. Well, part of my eye will be wandering back to baseball, but really our full attention is going to come down to the NFL. Uh, the NBA kicks off again. Uh, it looks like the free agency opens on December 1st. So I don't know when they're going to play again. Uh, from people that are in the industry, they're universally saying that the NBA doesn't know when they're going to play again or what that'll even look like. Uh, at some point, they're going to either have to cut down the amount of games in a season Um to get the season back on track to where they need to. So I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with a 60-game season that was aggressive and rolled it. Uh, right now what I'm hearing uh, around just from listening to every podcast on earth that I can, uh, the Lake, the, not the Lakers, the owners want to play in their stadiums and they want to play in front of fans. And and that's the way they're going to phrase it. The reality of it is, is the, uh, the owners want money and they don't want to play without making as much money as they can. The, we don't want to do it without the fans. If they could virtually charge you for that ticket and put you in that spot and, and you you bought it, they'd be fine with that too. There's nothing to do with your physical presence except that's how they fucking make money off you. So uh, they want fans. They want more money. Uh, so the NBA might be in limbo here for a little bit. The league will continue on the open free agency. I, I actually don't expect them to make any type of announcement on it until like the end of November. Uh, they'll see what the election does. They have time now on their side to get this going. The, the NBA is the NBA and the NHL both know that at the absolute worst, they have a fallback plan they can implement that will make them money, that will get their product out there. They've just ran it with Disney. They could run it again next year. So uh, the good thing for the NBA is they have a successful formula that they've built off of, that they continue to build off of, and they just need to try to get back to as much normal as possible. So real quick, last thing for me before we get out of here. 
if you listen to our NBA preview pod many, many, many months ago now, damn near, shit is damn near probably a year ago now. Yeah, really. Uh, you would have made some money if you listened to us. We called out the Lakers championship before the season. It was plus 450 for yeah. the Los Angeles Lakers to win the championship. I know that they were my preseason prediction. We also, I believe, hit the over on over 50 and a half wins, which was their preseason projection. They hit that without even having a full 82 games. So once again, the Pick and Play podcast is making you some money. If you choose to listen to us, keep listening. Keep listening and remember, rate, subscribe, review. You can find me at Pick and Play 37 on Twitter. You can find Leo at Pick and Scroll. And stay safe out there. Rate, subscribe, review. And we'll see you later in the week for an NFL pod as we get rolling.